Welcome to Kiss of Life. I'm Jill Hoy, and this is my true unscripted story about how a wonderful but unexpected kiss combined with an unwavering faith in the guidance of my heart takes me away from my seemingly perfect and fabulous life to begin an amazing spiritual journey on the other side of the world. So, Gordon returned to the dining room, to the dining table, and it's kind of funny. Um, he never actually asked me why I wanted a divorce. Um, but I was just so thankful that he didn't come back to the table and suggest that we, um, that we keep trying. Um, that was a huge relief because, to be honest with you, I was kind of done. I was so done by then with hiding his infidelities and making excuses for his lateness or his absence from from the from the children and from you know friends dinners parties and and I was done doing his um, kind of like back of house if you like you know organizing his life and just being this sort of supposedly perfect corporate wife I was so over all of it and I was tired I was tired of keeping my head above the water for the basically for the best part of of 10 years out of our 20-year marriage. I mean, I was just tired of telling myself that if I if I just tried a little bit harder, if I could just, you know, love a little bit more, if I could just give a little bit more, then maybe this situation would evolve. But um and maybe if I could, stupid things like, you know, if I could just speak Chinese a little bit better or if I was just a little bit thinner or maybe if I was even a little bit blonder. I mean, all of this stupid nonsense that you start to tell yourself and all the while hoping that the love that I had for him would sort of finally be recognized and that I would finally be chosen. And I was tired of waiting, tired of hoping that things would change. Anyway, so Gordon said he needed to talk to his very good friend, William, which I perfectly understood that he wanted to talk to a friend. And as he was getting up from the table, I remember telling him, though, you know, that if you if you decide not to divorce me, if you won't divorce me, then I just want you to know that I will continue to be exactly the same as I am and I will carry on. No one will ever know we've even had this conversation, but I want you to know that I will be unhappy every single day for the rest of my life. And so, um, and I really meant that. That's how I really felt too. So when Gordon returned late that night, I was already in bed and sleeping. And the next morning I continued with my routine as usual. And when I came back from my early morning hike, I woke Gordon up to tell him how I wanted to do the divorce. And I remember sitting on the window seat in our bedroom, which was like a curved window that went all the way round the room. And it was almost floor to ceiling window. And we had the most stunning views over the South China Sea um, and over the beach and the outer lying islands in the distance. I mean, it was just an incredible view and such a beautiful part of Hong Kong to live. And uh, we lived actually on the top, uh, the top two floors of a high-rise building that Gordon's parents had built on the foundations of their family home, where where Gordon was actually born. So all his family members 
had a home in that building, so it was immediately clear to me that I would obviously be the one moving out. So I told Gordon that I didn't want to waste money on the divorce lawyers, that um, that was a complete waste of time and money, and that we could ask our bank to mediate the entire procedure. So we would ask them to appoint two non-contentious lawyers to represent us and make our wishes legal. And we would attend every meeting, every discussion together with the bank and with all our lawyers. And there would be no, there would be no going back and forth with letters or email, uh, emails and, and wasting time and wasting money fighting over what was his and what was mine. So, we were we were very amicable and and it was very clear um and uh that our, our to separate our properties and our finances was um pretty straightforward it was going to be pretty easy so i was very clear also that i didn't want a custody agreement lucas was 11 at that time and alexander was 14 and I said to him, look, we can share the school holidays equally. And if there is ever an occasion when, you know, um, I said to Gordon, if there's ever an occasion where you can't have them for some reason, I will always have the boys with me, always. So we agreed that if the boys were with me and one of them needed anything like new shoes or, um, I don't know, having a root canal or, uh, or something more serious, um, it would be my responsibility to pay and likewise for him if the boys were with him. So, um, and he agreed that he would continue to pay for the schooling in Switzerland for both of them until their tertiary education had been completed, until they'd finished u the university. The university fees um, and um and, and he would give them a pocket, a reasonable amount for their, for their pocket money. So anyway, so we sort of organized all of this and, and we basically agreed that we only had really eight major points which were important to agree on and most of which were regarding the children. And, um, that was all we really needed to have legally stamped in court. So we also agreed that we wouldn't tell anyone. We didn't want anybody to interfere. We didn't even want our children to know until the divorce was final. So we decided that um, I definitely didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want, to be honest with you, I didn't want to hear anything about Gordon's private life outside of his marriage. And um, I knew Hong Kong is a small place and, and gossip would be rife. So, um, and I just didn't want to hear it. I just, I just didn't want to know what people knew or what they thought they knew or to ask me questions or, you know, I just wasn't interested. So anyway, so we met at the bank with the very glamorous Esther and, um, who was head to toe in Prada, looking fabulous. Um, she's just amazing. And, um, she organized everything for us and it was seamless and so efficient. And within a couple of weeks, we had sent our file to the courts to be rubber stamped. So Gordon and I, in the meantime, continued to have dinner with Lucas. And we continued to go on the boat every weekend, inviting friends as usual. And we always used to have a barbecue on the way home on the on a Sunday night on the way back from the boat and go to um, this place called Middle Island, which is a small island, which is uh, part of the Yacht Club. And we would always invite friends for dinner there. And... Um, we just kind of continued. We didn't give anything away and nobody knew anything. So 
And I have to say, I started dating Gordon when I was 20 years old. So I had been married to him for the best part of 20 years when we got divorced. And I'd been sharing a bed with this man for more than half of my life. Um, and it was strange because even though he was very unfaithful for so many years, we always shared the same bed. And I mean, it was just, you know, kind of normal. But suddenly, um, it was as if somebody had switched a light out and it had just suddenly been turned off. And I just couldn't bear to be anywhere near him. And I, I, I just couldn't bear it. So I moved into Alexander's bedroom whilst he was at school. And I just told Lucas that I, I just couldn't bear his father snoring anymore. And um, and so six weeks after filing, we got the rubber stamp and we were halfway there. So uh, there had only actually been one small hiccup uh, with the court application, um, which is actually quite funny because the judge thought that our lawyers had forgotten to submit all of the files because basically... Um, the entire terms of our divorce were written with only eight points on one piece of an A4 paper. So um, there wasn't very much paperwork that went with it. So anyway, it went back to the court and um, and we were, you know, halfway through. So, and I remember um, when it actually did come through, it came through very quickly. It came through more or less six weeks later, if not less. Um, I remember being with Gordon in his lawyer's office for something totally different when his lawyer Dennis told us oh by the way guys um, you're officially divorced we just got the notification and I remember Gordon and I laughing and joking as to who should pay for the divorce because he was like you know this is your bill and as Gordon had actually been so generous in giving me all that I wanted I said to him you know what you've been so generous you've done everything that I wanted you know what I'll pay for the divorce and um, it was the grand total of 90,000 Hong Kong dollars, which uh, in English pounds was more or less 8,000 pounds. So um, just for the record, um, just for the record, Esther, the, uh, our lovely banker, had tried to encourage me to actually ask for more than, than um, I was given or more than I had originally asked for. But I had... I knew exactly how much I needed to continue to live my life the way it was and to take care of my boys. And I have to say, and I think anybody who knows me well knows that I'm not greedy and I'm not vindictive uh, by nature. And, um, and I just wanted to be free. I just wanted to have an amicable split and to quietly leave the marriage without any drama, without any confrontation and without any fighting. Um, and so it was it was a really amicable divorce because Gordon was, you know, knew that what I was asking for was more than fair. And he understood that um, I could have asked for a lot more. Um, um, and uh, I was entitled to half, but I, I most definitely didn't take half. And I must be honest, I think that although I didn't realize at the time, I didn't realize until a little bit later on with, with, you know, looking back with reflection, that my yoga, all of my yoga practice and doing my meditation, my yoga nap, had actually really helped me to organize my thoughts and to really prioritize what was really important and what wasn't. 
So, um, and I think that that was a tremendous help because there was no kind of ego like, I'm going to get you, you know, because you've done me wrong. It was none of this nonsense. It was just like, look, you know, we don't get on. Um, uh, well, we do get on, but, when, we, but as a marriage works, it's not working as a proper, you know, functioning marriage. And we both have different desires. We both have different ideas about how we want to go forward. And so let's just do this amicably and fairly with 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 respect, with um, with kindness, with, you know, with some kind of like, um, I don't know, with some maturity, I guess, and just, you know, understanding the situation and what's really realistic, what's real, um, what's possible and what isn't. So I think the yoga really helped me way more than I realized until later. Anyway, so we told the boys together uh, when we were on holiday in my home in France, up in the mountains, uh, far away from Hong Kong, in a place that they both love and have been going to since they were tiny. In fact, since Lucas was, was born, since he was a baby. And I mean, naturally, of course, there were tears and they, and they were shocked. And when they heard the word divorce, they panicked. And and um, But it was like, no, 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 it's already done. There's not going to be any drama. There's not going to be any shouting. It's already done. So they kind of, that, that soon passed. And, you know, we spent uh, the holiday together and we promised them that we would be honest and open and that they should never be afraid to ask us anything and that there would undoubtedly be plenty of gossip and stories. Um, but we would always tell them the truth and so they should never be afraid to ask whatever they you know if they were worried about something so because I think that's part of the reason why children are so fearful because you know the parents you know maybe argue or they hear gossip or they hear stories and they they don't know what's they don't know what's true and then they and then sometimes they're they're afraid to approach their parents to ask them so we were very open very clear that you know they could approach us and ask us anything so and then the summer holidays came around and Alex came home from um, Switzerland. And so I moved, I, I moved out of my home and I moved, when he moved back, I moved into uh, an apartment at the Four Seasons Hotel for the next, um, for the next three months. And I'd already packed all of my clothes and my shoes and like my favorite paintings and, you know, sp uh, special trinkets and um, and they were already on their way to my apartment in London, which uh, would be completed, the renovation would be completed in July. And I remember very clearly sitting on the stairs watching these these lovely men who were so gentle, so kind, they were so sensitive um, to the situation and they obviously understood that for me, um, you know, I was vulnerable, I was very fragile at that time. Um, and they were so kind and they were just really carefully just packing like my entire life into these cardboard boxes. And um, it was kind of surreal. It was difficult to believe that it was really happening. And I had agreed with Gordon that I would leave all the furniture. I wouldn't take anything um, from the apartment because I was very clear that I wanted their home in Hong Kong to still be like their home in Hong Kong and that I would make a fresh start in London and that was important for me that every time they returned home that they returned to some kind of familiarity that it hadn't changed that it was still their lovely home and it's the holidays and I've moved into the Four Seasons Hotel 
I'm living in the apartments there. And the boys were at their, you know, at the home with Gordon, at their home with Gordon. And, oh, we had such lovely days. They loved coming to see me. And, um, I mean, obviously you can imagine, they're like, come and raid the minibar. And I had a kitchen and a laundry and all the rest of it in there. And, um, and and they would come and we would cook dinner and and we would just you know like have lots of fun together and they would stay overnight and um yeah so it was it was really nice and um i was with them every day and gordon gave me complete use of the boat uh, we had a beautiful boat in hong kong a big uh black sunseeker and um, and I could take it out any day that I wanted with the boys. I mean, he was super generous like that. And I still had access to all of the, you know, the clubs, the country clubs. So it was really, really a lovely summer with the boys. And um, and then in September, we left for Switzerland, all of us, Gordon, myself, and Lucas as well, because it was going to be Lucas's first term. And so he was understandably, you know, more than just a little bit anxious. And uh, we were all a bit tearful. Um, anyway, Gordon and I, we stayed the weekend. We did the welcome cocktails and we did the dinners and, and we did lunch. And and then we said our very sad goodbyes to our boys. And Gordon returned back to Hong Kong. And I went to London to prepare for the next chapter of my life. So um, I was going to New York three months to begin a yoga teacher training course at Pure New York, at Pure Yoga in New York. And as I mentioned before, I'd been practicing at Pure Yoga in Hong Kong and the, the studios belong to, I think I mentioned before, to my friends Bruce and Colin. And I remember them both being so happy when I told them that I decided that this would be my next step because a few months earlier uh, I'd been having uh, breakfast alone. It was a Sunday morning and the boys were um, with Gordon and I was having breakfast alone at the country club and I saw Bruce and uh, Colin and we chatted about my sort of future steps and he told me, you know, Bruce said to me, why don't you go to New York? You're like, just go, go and get certified at Pure. It will take you out of Hong Kong for three months. It'll take you away from the gossip. And when you come back, you know, you will have had like, a, you know, you will have had a break. You will have been doing yoga for three months, which you love. You'll be certified. And, and then you can come back and start working for us. And, and so I was like, um, okay, well, that sounds like a plan. Thank you so much. And, I love these two. They've been so good to me over the years, um, uh, Bruce and Colin. I'm I'm immensely, immensely grateful for the friendship that I have with both of them. Um, uh, they have sort of guided me um, over the years um, um, with such with such care and with such kindness. Um, and anyway, so I and they were very sweet because I remember. Colin saying to me, you know, Jill, the way that you have got divorced, you have behaved with and, and acted with such pure grace. And I remember thinking, wow, that's such a beautiful compliment. I, I've never forgotten. I was, and it sort of really touched me. I was like, wow, thank you so much. And actually, um, quite a few people over the years have told me that, uh, my, the way that I handled my divorce and uh, my relationship with Gordon, um, 
at that time was was uh, very inspirational for them, uh, especially as some of them moved forward with some quite difficult uh, relationships themselves. So anyway, so I guess that, you know, this was the vague plan. And, um, but I was, I was still kind of reeling, not only from the divorce, which I have to say, although it was amicable, there were still some very, very dark days, some really, really sad days for me, really sad days for me. Um, I loved Hong Kong. Hong Kong was my home. I mean, it still is my home, but it would never be the same again. And I always thought, I always thought I would be married forever. I always thought I would live in Hong Kong for the rest of my life. Um, I'd never been so happy up to that point in my life as I was in Hong Kong. Despite the heartache, I had this wonderful life with wonderful friends, which I absolutely, I, I loved. And I didn't want to hurt my children. Oh my goodness. I didn't want to break the family. I didn't want to hurt them. I didn't want to break their hearts. But I just couldn't live like that anymore. And I remember telling them uh, when I left them at school, and I remember telling them because they knew that I was leaving them and I would soon be going to New York and, and you know, sort of in a way also like Lucas, going, you know, like back to school to learn to, you know, with people that I didn't know, I'd have to make new friends, I'd have to, you know, find my way um, alone. So uh, Lucas, at least he was at school with with Alex. But um, I remember telling them both and saying, you know what, we are only going up. No one is going down. No one is going to use this divorce as an excuse not to do well and be the best you can be. Thank you for listening. I hope you found something in my story that maybe made you take a pause or perhaps sparked your interest or just simply inspired you to follow your heart. If you did, then please give Kiss of Life a like and a follow. And of course, don't forget to tell all of your friends. That would be amazing. Sending you all love and light. Thank you. This podcast was edited and hosted by Ivan Gluckman with music by Lucas Hoy. Original artwork by Chandre Bouchot. True and unscripted storytelling by Jill Hoy with direction from me, Matt Penman.